0: This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 308: Loving warnings. These days, practically everything you buy seems to carry some kind of warning on it. Some of these warnings can seem a little ridiculous. For example, Sainsbury's peanuts. Warning contain nuts. Night nighttime sleep aid. Warning may cause drowsiness on a household DIY drill not intended for use as dentist drill. Because so many warnings seem almost absurd, the danger is that we ignore them. But not all warnings are so ridiculous. A foggy day on the 13th of March 1991 led to one of Britain's worst road accidents. Ten people died and 25 people were injured in a disaster on the M4 motorway. In the midst of the accident, one man was hailed as a hero, Alan Bateman, climbed out of his damaged car and ran along the central reservation to try to warn oncoming vehicles of the wreckage ahead. Not all appreciated the warnings. Some drivers sounded their horns at him and drove on towards the crash. Alan's warnings to the other drivers were not only heroic, they were an act of love. Jesus himself often warned of dangers ahead. Jesus knew that in the long run it was more loving to warn people by telling them the truth. God loves you. He does not want you to get hurt. There are many warnings in the Bible and they all stem from God's love for you. From Proverbs 26 and 27 Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. A lying tongue hates those it hurts and a flattering mouth works ruin. Do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. Stone is heavy and sand a burden but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel, and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Warnings about human nature It is an almost invariable principle of life that what you sow now, you reap later. Much of the teaching in this section of Proverbs is summed up by the verse, If you dig a pit, you'll fall into it. If you roll a stone, it will roll back on you. In other words, you reap what you sow. The writer warns against malice. Malice backfires, spite boomerangs. However much we try to conceal our desire to hurt other people, it will eventually be exposed and we will reap the consequences. Next, he warns against a lying tongue. Be very careful that you only speak the truth about others. It's sometimes tempting to tell exaggerated stories about our opponents, but the writer warns a lying tongue hates those it hurts. He goes on to warn about boasting. Don't boast about what you're going to achieve, as you don't know what the future holds. It's all right to receive praise from others, but it should not come from your own lips. Then he warns against provoking people. Stone is heavy and sand a burden, but provocation by a fool is heavier than both. Finally, in this passage, he warns about jealousy, which Shakespeare described as the green-eyed monster that mocks the meat it feeds on. Jealousy is an even more powerful and dangerous force than anger and fury. We're blasted by anger and swamped by rage. But who can survive jealousy? Lord God, my heart, forgive me for my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. New Testament from Hebrews 5 and 6 Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, And be taken forward to maturity. It's impossible for those who've once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who've fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we're convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Warnings about immaturity God's desire for you is that you grow up in Christ into a healthy, strong, spiritually mature follower of Jesus. Maturity requires a listening attitude. The Christians addressed here have picked up the bad habit of not listening. God is continually speaking to us. Develop a regular habit of listening to him as he speaks to you, primarily through the Bible. The writer of Hebrews warns his readers against spiritual immaturity. They ought to be teachers. This does not mean a specialized group. Anyone instructed in the faith was expected to teach others. One of the best ways to start growing in your faith is to pass it on to others. This is why we often invite those who have encountered Jesus on Alpha to come back and help on the next course. He wants them to move on from milk to solid food. Teaching is part of Christian maturity, encourages them to move on from the elementary teachings about Christ, repentance, faith, baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection and judgment. This is a striking list of what the writer considers to be the basics, and it's a challenge to all of us who teach in the church. We need to ensure that we are indeed training all people in these things and then moving them on to solid food. You feed yourself through, for example, worship, church community, Bible study, reading inspiring books, and listening to good teaching. He says, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. In other words, maturity comes through practice, applying God's words to our lives. As John Wimber used to say, the meat is on the street. Maturity is not just about head knowledge. You learn as you live out your faith. You learn discernment on the street and that enables you to receive the meat. He then warns them of the danger of abandoning or renouncing their faith. This is a very difficult passage, as at first sight it seems to suggest both that a Christian can fall away and that there's a group of people for whom repentance is impossible. These are two things that the rest of the New Testament makes clear are not the case. His main aim is to encourage perseverance. The severity of these warnings makes clear how important this is. However, the point about falling away is not developed because he's confident that they will not do so. I'm sure that won't happen to you, friends. He then congratulates them for the fruit they are showing in their lives. Their acts of kindness are already reckoned by God as if they were done to himself. He will reward them. They have started well and now he encourages them to finish well, to show this same diligence to the very end. Generally in life, It's much easier to start things than to finish them. When the initial enthusiasm wears off, follow-through requires hard work, patience, and courage. Success, fruitfulness, and reward come to those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Lord, help me to grow into spiritual maturity. Help me to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Old Testament, from Ezekiel 4-6 to Lie on your left side and put the sin of the people of Israel upon yourself. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days you will bear the sin of the people of Israel. After you finish this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sin of the people of Judah. I have assigned you 40 days a day for each year, turn your face towards the siege of Jerusalem, and with bared arm prophesy against her. I will tie you up with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you finish the days of your siege. You will be a warning to the nations around you. Warnings about judgment. From the start, it is clear that warning people is never an easy job. This passage is all about God warning his people about what is going to happen to them. Furthermore, what is about to happen to Israel is intended to be a warning to the nations. Ezekiel is asked to enact visual aids to show the seriousness of sin and the warning of the impending judgment that will happen if the people do not repent. Ezekiel must have appeared to be rather eccentric, lying on one side for 390 days and 40 days on the other side must have seen a little odd. But it was a powerful visual aid. It has probably always been the case that people are more likely to remember what they see than what they hear. Judgment was coming because the people of God had not even conformed to the standards of the nations around them. God never issues empty threats. I did not threaten in vain. God's warnings are always acts of love. He desires that all people should repent and come to the knowledge of truth. Today, we're so worried about sounding negative or judgmental that there's a danger of us being unloving By not being sufficiently bold in warning people of the dangers ahead. It was love for God and for God's people that caused Ezekiel to carry out these visual demonstrations, warning of God's judgment ahead. Ezekiel was told to bear the sin of the people. This visual aid was also a sign of what was to come. Jesus did what Ezekiel was only able to foreshadow. Jesus bore your sins, on the cross. He took the judgment of God upon himself and enabled you and me to receive all the wonderful promises of blessing for those in Christ. The life, death and resurrection of Jesus changed everything. Yet the warnings for us are still real and serious. Indeed, these warnings make the reality of salvation and the many blessings available in Christ all the more amazing. The Gospel is great news. Lord, give me wisdom in how I communicate the good news of Jesus with sensitivity and faithfulness. Give me courage to proclaim the whole counsel of God. Pippa adds In Ezekiel chapter 4, we see poor Ezekiel. He's had to lie on his side for 390 days and eat food cooked over dung. I don't think God has asked me to do anything like that. Thankfully, we don't all have to be eccentric.